Hey there, welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, where we empower and uplift women to succeed and thrive in their professional life whilst looking after their well-being. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the issues and challenges faced by women in the workplace with particular focus on gender equality. We believe that every woman deserves the opportunity to excel in her career regardless of her gender, and we're committed to helping women break through the barriers that hold them back. Join us every week as we hear from experts, share stories and give advice. We've got an incredible community of women who support and encourage each other and we're so happy that you are here. Let's break down the gender barriers and create a more equitable and inclusive workplace for all. Welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I am really excited to welcome this week's guest. We have Gemma Easton. Gemma is a professional life coach and she also does consultancy work. Gemma. Hello and it is so lovely to be here. Thanks for the invite Zoe. Oh you're very welcome. I'll just give a bit of context. Gemma and I met on a networking call (laughs) and we have talked quite a lot since haven't we and we'll talk about the session that you did for me um and we kind of felt like our paths were meant to meet that day because we're both in the female entrepreneur association Gemma hadn't joined a networking call in was it the first one that you'd done yeah I think it was the first (laughs) one in kind of four and a half five years and I I was a relatively new member but then I joined and then we got put in a breakout room together and the rest is history and uh, I just really aligned with everything that we talked about I love your story and the work that you're doing so I was keen to get Gemma on the podcast so let's just jump right in tell us your story how have you got to where you are today with your coaching it is lovely to meet everybody um who's either listening in uh, i know you're on lots of different channels zoe so i'm not going to name them i had a huge passion for having a job as quickly as possible when i finished my a levels so i was very lucky at that time to secure a placement with john lewis department stores so i was part of their a level and graduate intake all the way back in 1999 makes me sound old that was the perfect fit for me um i loved the opportunity to grow, to develop, it it became kind of my university. Very quickly, I progressed into a managerial role, looking after a small team. By the age of 22, as one of the youngest leaders in the John Lewis estate, and I was one of four senior leaders at that time, working with a managing director in Newcastle, looking after a £100 million plus business. And it was crazy, but it was a lot of fun with a lot of support around me. And I was looking after everything behind the scenes in the retail operation, everything that wasn't customer facing on the shop floor. But I did look after catering operations, supply chain, logistics, health and safety, everything behind um, what was happening from the kind of front end of the customer experience. That allowed me over the next 10 years to hold very similar roles for John Lewis all around the country. Um, I took on various projects, opening new shops, actively involved in the leadership development of graduates, of senior leaders coming in. I went on to run my own department stores and I loved it at the age of 32. I was left pondering, what am I going to do next? I'd always had this longing to run my own business. I'd looked at 
different hobby style ventures while I was working over the years. But at 32, I really felt that I knew myself more. I knew that no pay rise, no new position, no one extra step up the ladder was going to meet this need that I had. So I by accident really discovered the industry of network marketing it was through becoming a consumer myself using a product i looked at that industry and i thought you know what this is a very risk-free way of building a business with lots of training and support low investment so that's what i did and for 18 months while running a shop for john lewis i built a business so i was running the two businesses side by side and it got to the stage after 12 months where I was comfortably doubling my corporate salary and it, and it didn't become a risk anymore to think, could I leave this corporate world behind? At that time, I was in one of the safest jobs. So I was never going to be having a redundancy option or anything like that. So if I was to go, it was about building a business to transition to and having the courage to jump. So that's what I did. In February 2015, I left and that was having worked three months notice. And ironically, probably at one of the happiest points in my John Lewis career, we were only one of four shops that year to hit all four of the, the big business metrics for how branch managers and directors were scored. But it was right. And that opened a brand new door um, that allowed me the opportunity to not have an alarm clock in the morning, to have this magic work-life balance. But what I would say is I really don't think there is a, a magic trick with that. There were times where I was working really hard and there were times where I could just kick back a little bit and travel and have more time with family and my partner. But, you know, very, very quickly, myself and my partner who were running that business together then built a multi-million pound organisation. It was global. We travelled a lot. And within five years, I very much reverted to type. I was uh, a well-known leader in the company, in the industry. I was working in different countries, training leaders. So we, we spent a lot of time in the Middle East. We worked in the US. We worked in different parts of Europe. We had a fantastic time out in Israel for four or five days. It was a totally different world. What worked the best was the opportunity to grow. I realized that without knowing it when I worked for John Lewis, I had this huge passion and this constant desire, personal development, to grow myself, to support others in, in doing that. That's really the story of how I transitioned into entrepreneurship and working for myself to really get closer to leadership and coaching. But, you know, in 2000, my world literally fell apart. Um, so it fell apart personally and professionally for a couple of reasons. Um, professionally at that time, there was a policy change in the company in the UK. That was kind of live at the end of 2016 the income halved overnight Gary and I had all of these plans to expand we had plans and momentum we couldn't execute 
everything we'd anticipated because we hadn't anticipated this policy change. That totally changed the momentum and the opportunity and how we were scaling the business. At the same time, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. I guess I just got to a place where professionally I was losing my identity in terms of the confidence, the belief, the growth that I experienced. And then personally, I was petrified. You know, I started to shrink because I was scared. I was living from a place of fear and uncertainty, neither of which worked brilliantly for me. I do like foundation of certainty. I do like to feel an element of confidence. And the two together were just a combination that I'd never experienced before of setback. And through the skin cancer journey, the treatment that I had. Um, I was offered therapy and support a couple of times and I said, I'm fine, I can work on this. And on one day, you could say the right person asked the right question at the right time and said, no, how are you really, Gemma? That led me to take advantage of some therapy sessions. What that unearthed was some childhood trauma um, that I wasn't fully understanding but there was a real link at that time to how my emotions were playing out in the current day but actually all of my safety behaviors and the things that I'd had to deal with or not face into linked to earlier experiences from roughly the age of five to seven so life changed but you know I kept working the business I kept showing up with the right support of a coach, but also a therapist. The mask I was wearing didn't feel as heavy. I started to get into balance with my real self and accepting where I was at and starting to live out my truth more. In 2019, one of the steps in my development was to go to a Tony Robbins live event. This was something I'd wanted to do for about six or seven years, but I could never justify the financial investment in myself because at that time I'm not worth it. But I'd realized because of the support I'd had of a coach and a therapist that that really was something that I needed to do. At that event, four day immersion event, I had the biggest breakthroughs. I could make sense of everything that I was feeling. I guess he he started to really tidy up the work that I was doing with the coach that I had done with the therapist at this stage. And he got to what I would class as the real root cause. And that was done in such a simple way that I could understand and do something with it. That left me in a place where I thought, I need to understand the method he's used because I'd always wanted to have my own coaching brand. I'd wanted to have the opportunity to work with people one-to-one, -one, not just around business, but to help them with life. But I guess I'd never felt until this stage in my career that I was fully equipped to do it. Now I had the life experience and what I call all of the knots on my tapestry of life, good, bad and indifferent. But I had what I argue as the best business coach and life strategist in the world. Here's my method.
So I spent another year becoming a Tony Robbins certified coach um, focusing on intervention and strategic intervention in business, working with a leading psychologist as well. So I find myself here in a place where I devote my time to helping predominantly professional women between the ages of 30 and 50 who are either in corporate, stuck or they may be in a great place where they're looking to go from good to great or people who are in entrepreneurship dabbling with wanting to become a business owner in their own right but there's actually a lot of people who I meet now who they feel their calling is to be a coach but they don't really know where to go with it or they fear that they have to have this whole host of certifications to get started when the reality is you don't but what you do need is you need somebody who can guide you who has walked that path maybe felt those emotions to help you make your progress mm. so I know that's probably a long-winded answer I mean that is fascinating <laughs> so I want to ask you I have to just try and remember one thing that I really wanted to pick out there was when you talked about obviously you went through this journey and then when you finally sort of you gave in to having a therapist mm. you opted to have a coach and the mask eventually wasn't as heavy I can relate to that because I feel like I mean we will talk about the Enneagram and our results and and that sort of thing which I highly recommend everyone does when we get to that we will delve into it mm. but when I realized my result as like the loyalist and the helper and I am a people pleaser and I feel like sometimes I do wear that mask. So I could really relate to when you were saying that in your years in corporate, do you feel like you were your true self or were you wearing a bit of a mask and were you just go, go, go kind of mentality? Great question. And a question I'm sure lots of people will relate to. My answer is I think I've actually only taken that mask off since becoming a mum. And I work in my business now from the place of I'm a mum who went through a 10 year journey to make having my son a reality. Also transitioning into this period of coaching and helping others having done what I would call the real deeper work through the accreditation I've done. You know, I can look back at corporate and say 100% there were many times I wore a mask to either find the courage to be accepted, the courage to prove my worth. There were times I probably wore it because I felt that that's the done thing. That's who I have to be to be validated in a situation. And when I think about, you know, my experience as a leader within network marketing, you know, yes, I, you know, everybody starts at the same place in the same way that, you know, I started as a sales assistant for John Lewis. But in that network marketing industry, I really found at times I was vulnerable because I wasn't comparing myself in a favorable way. I wasn't developed enough to be truly at peace with myself. And there was a lot of deeper work I needed to do. And I think what's been fascinating is having worked back through my patterns, my programming, I do believe that much of that is rooted to childhood and that that is the, the case for virtually everybody. 
but I think sometimes the appreciation we have around that doesn't actually come until we do the work. And the only other thing I would say, Zoe, is when you become a coach, professional development is not optional. Well, that's a bit of self-care or it's essential. It's necessity if you want to provide a great service to clients, in-depth professional development that I've needed to do, where I've maybe been training or, or qualifying to help others, that actually I've had my own breakthroughs at the same time. That's so incredible. And I feel like the women or people uh, listening to this podcast or watching will resonate in some way with that. And that's fascinating that it most of the time goes back to childhood it's, it's kind of frustrating i know in america having therapy is a lot more accepted not that it's not accepted here but i wonder why it's why we're not doing this inner work or maybe organizations aren't encouraging that because the breakthroughs that can happen could be profound in professional you know, situations at work but also personal and we did Gemma very kindly did um, a breakthrough session with me and I, well I remember after the 90 minutes I was I was so chilled and it was pretty groundbreaking and you know it's it's made me want to work with you as a coach which is really exciting is that if a woman or someone is listening to this now and is thinking wow, I could do with that. How would they recognize that A, they might need to work with a coach like you? And then what would the process be? How are you, how are you working with your clients? I think probably what's really helpful is just for a moment, let's talk about the difference between therapy and coaching. And first off, I'm not a therapist. I've got some great relationships with therapists because there are times where I do meet people where the therapist is the right fit for some of what they need to work through. And a coach in the work that I do is supportive, but in different areas. We're driving a car and if we were to look through the rear view mirror, that's like the therapist. The therapist is working with us to take us back. We're going back to examine, to look, to explore situations that have happened in our past. And generally, therapists are working with what we call big T trauma. And, and the likelihood is most people, particularly at our age, have had some trauma somewhere in their life. So big T trauma are big life events that cause us to, to struggle. So things like abuse, grief, severe bullying. So we can carry trauma, but if that trauma creates certain states within the body or the mind, that's where a therapist is really well placed to support. So with coaching, if we're in the car now together, what we're looking at is where we're going in the future. So the role that I have as a coach is I'm very action-based, we're action-orientated. It's not that we're never gonna look back, we're going back very swiftly to understand something. We're taking the action to say, okay, how can we change the relationship we have with that if going back and living there isn't serving you? Um, and that, that might link to trauma, but if it does for a coach, it will sit in the box of small t. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not going to be 
in therapist scope. So when working with me, for, for people, the route is get in touch. You know, I'm sure there'll be some links to my website where people can connect with me. And the first step is let's have a call or a Google Meet chat or a Zoom. What's very important for both parties, both myself and a potential client is we're a good fit for each other. I won't be right for everybody. I love to use examples. I love to be descriptive with analogies. I can at times be very demanding of clients if they say to me, Gemma, I want to be held to account. But equally, my role is to guide. You know, if you, you imagine us looking at that picture now, Zoe, behind me, the work I do is, let's say I'm coaching you. If you're stood flush to that, that sketch, you can't see the perspective a little bit like when you're in your life difficult to have perspectives from different angles because you're in your shoes you're walking it you're feeling it you're living it my role as a coach is to say while you're flush to that canvas i'm going to take a step back and i can actually see what you're experiencing through a different perspective the emotional charge that I have linked to your life is far less because I'm not in it, I'm not living it. Um, therefore, the guidance I can give, the questions I can offer, the considerations are likely to be different if you're just left to your own devices trying to muddle through on your own. The other advantage of people working with me that I find who fit my ideal profile of a client is they're often trying to walk the path that I've already taken. And at one point I used to be really fearful and maybe a little bit shamed about I had a setback in business before and I went through personal challenges and I struggled with it. I, you know, I had a little bit of a breakdown and I used to fear that that was weakness. Now what I know as a coach is that gives me so many more tools to have the empathy and the understanding and actually to make it okay people to see that there is a way through and normalize it because mm. it's okay to have this roller coaster journey nothing is mm. linear no but the one thing we can be very certain of in life is that change will happen often clients who i'm working with either in a business sense or linked to life coaching wanting to grow as a person or work through maybe relationship challenges when we find ourselves in transition it can be quite common to look for certainty to, to try and resist change or to try and anticipate as much as we can the irony is change is the one thing that is out of our control <laughs> the one given in life on all levels that's going to happen yeah, that's really interesting. I don't like change. <laughs> it's so interesting. We don't have control of that because it's it's inevitable. But that's really interesting how I used to say that and I've stopped mm. saying things like that now. I loved your um, analogy of the perspective. For anyone watching on YouTube, there's an image, a beautiful sketch of Gemma and her son on the wall behind her. And I can really relate to that, you know, up close when we talked about jobs for women you know I had this vision for this business and I'm so passionate about it as a startup it's come with its challenges and when you're knee deep in the doing on our breakthrough session I think that's where I had those light bulb moments of 
aha, I need to kind of take a step back to look at the bigger picture, which is fascinating. And I think because life is so busy and hectic, there must be so many people listening that can relate to that. The power of taking that step back could be potentially life-changing for some people. Let's talk about the Enneagram. For anyone listening, some people might have already done it. So before I had my breakthrough session with Gemma, I completed the Enneagram test form. I don't know what we call it. Um, And my result was... I was the helper and the loyalist. I'm going to ask, what what are the benefits to doing something like this to someone listening, but also for you as a coach? The Enneagram, it's a personality test, a test that I had never come across until the beginning of 2023 when my coach introduced it to me and said, if you've never done an Enneagram, this could really help you. It's going to help us in our relationship is how we work together, but it's also going to really help you with clients. It has the potential to really speed up personal and professional development. So I was very open to it in the same way that you were open to it. It's not judging you as a person, it's testing your personality. Sometimes personality traits can change depending on what decade we're in, what we're dealing with in our lives. There are elements to our personalities that over the years stay the same. You know, they're constant because they're anchored around our values and what really lights us up, what matters to us. The Enneagram is a very simple test. It is filled in online. If anybody wants to do this, they can reach out to me via my website. I can send you the link. There's a free link or the one that we both opted to do. It was $12, about £8 or something like that when it converted to sterling. You get this 26-page plus report back. To complete the test, you're only using about 30 to 40 minutes of your time, undistracted, answering questions about yourself. They're not hard. They're really simple. They do make you think a little bit. And it's trying to answer the questions as objectively as you can without letting the day, if it's been a bad day, influence every single answer. And just, you know, answer it as you feel you normally are. You then get a dominant score secondary score and there might be a a third score that closely follows them you are typed your personality is typed there are nine categories the helper to the loyalist the peacemaker to the activist but zoe you know what what did you find were some of your insights when when we did the test together i couldn't believe how accurate it was I'll read out a few. Uh, Basic desire to feel loved, basic fear, fear of being unwanted, unwanted or unworthy of being loved, motivations, helping others, strength, empathetic, sincere, warm-hearted, friendly, generous, but then challenges can sometimes be people-pleasing to the point of neglecting their own needs. And this comes up time and time again for me. I about creating boundaries or understanding what self-care is. I mean, we talked in our breakthrough session about how I teach yoga and I've got lots of plate spinning Mm -hmm. at the moment. And, you know, we talked about that in just in that one session, which was incredible for me because it was an action to take. You know, when I finished teaching, wash my hands or, or just 
let it all go and then have an evening and then go on to the next thing. That people pleasing, knowing that is helpful for how I then conduct my professional and personal life. And it's kind of like having it written out and also not beating yourself up for it. So sometimes I'd turn people pleasing into a negative, but then when you look at all of the the strengths and the motivations, it's it's kind of nice. It's just knowing how to manage it and make it work. And I, you know, I think what was great, Zoe, we we had a, an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit through a catch up. I think that was on Google Meet as well. And the next step after that discussion was for you to complete the Enneagram. We came together for your coaching breakthrough session. And I guess what we talked through prior to you doing the Enneagram was the potential for some of these helper traits to come through. And it gave us a foundation to think about, we don't want to change who you are, because actually, if we were to take just the number two, the helper, as an example, because that was your lead score, what we know about you is you have a heart of gold. We know that you are fantastic at bringing people together. We know that you will always instinctively come from a place of people first. So there are some qualities there which really anchor to your core values as a person that we don't want to lose. But what we also then know, and and the report helps guide you with this to look at how can I create some lasting changes? In what situations could you be vulnerable? In what situations could you find yourself with a commitment to over-respond? You know, so it was no surprise for us when we looked at that plate spinning you described that actually the time that was left for Zoe, but actually the priority you were putting on to Zoe to have her spin, um, it, it wasn't in line with the service level that you were giving to family, clients and business contacts. But when we know that about you, we can then start to build a plan to say, okay, how can we change this? And what we were identifying is some habits that you could start forming with as little as two minutes, knowing that as a busy mom, you don't always get the luxury of, right, I'm having half an hour now after I've done that session <laughs> to just recenter. So it, the Enneagram is fantastic for coaches because it gives you an insight into somebody's personality it then provides that common ground. But what it actually does for the client is it gives you confidence that there are different ways that you can work and operate and you don't need to change who you are. And and I do find, you know, without often, say, the support of coaches or professionals guiding us, and I've done this so many times, Zoe, the the tendency is to think something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. We look for what we're not doing rather than saying, actually, this is me. How can I embrace every part of me? And how do I make that work? Yeah, I love that. And it's possible. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. Um, But it it takes work, it takes commitment. And it's not always about pushing through. Very often pushing through can leave behind a trail of damage. We need to make the change but it's got to be a lined action we take. And when I say a lined action, 
aligned with ourselves, aligned with our values, and we've got to learn healthy ways of managing inner conflicts and you know resistance, the things that we maybe don't feel comfortable with or we want to develop ways to really move those forward. When you say inner conflict, are we talking the way we speak to ourselves and imposter syndrome and those things? Inner conflict can can show up in all in all different ways. For women, procrastination, self-talk, those would be conflicting beliefs, the most common. You know, if you were to say to me, particularly with women, what's the root cause of virtually everywhere you start <laughs> with sessions? If we were to map back how they feel or what they're looking to maybe overcome as an obstacle or what they want to enhance, a lot of that comes back to worth, beliefs, and confidence. Interesting. So if you think about it, any business that has people, which most do, <laughs> that when businesses have people, the people are the number one asset of that business. If we don't get the people experience right, that isn't just about the leadership, the development. How does it feel to walk in the shoes of that employee or that entrepreneur or that team if, if we don't get that right or we don't have the commitment to invest and to make that experience as good as possible for that individual whether you're a one-man band or you are running tens or hundreds of thousands of people in teams then of course, the business suffers. And most businesses understand that. Some are great at looking at what can we do about it. There are some businesses that still don't mm -hmm. see that. And we wonder why. Yes, there's been all sorts of changes in the world and we've had COVID. But actually, through all of those changes, there's always been opportunities for, for businesses to grow. And actually, if you look at the businesses now that are innovating, that are developing, that are thriving, it's either where the experience for the employee or the entrepreneurs who are part of that business are working in a way that really lights them up, that fulfills them, where they can be their best selves to shine and they're a great fit for the brand, or the organizations are providing a client experience that isn't just good. You know, they're creating raving fans. And this isn't about now beating competition. The quicker businesses or entrepreneurs fathom out, this is about understanding we're in a world where there is enough for everybody. This is about stepping into who you are, what you offer, and doing it brilliantly, being super committed to that. And I do think if you were to look at the best performers in the marketplace, the best entrepreneurs out there, you'd see a real correlation with some of what I'm talking about. Interesting. I mean, we could talk all day. I seem to say that to every guest, but I really could with you. For anyone listening, is there anything that someone can do now? Because I know we've talked about values, which is a huge part of understanding ourselves and maybe the, the direction we want to go. Is there any any top tips that you can give anyone listening that they want to maybe do some inner work or? The, the first bit of advice I'd give is 
trust your intuition particularly as women we sometimes choose to ignore what our gut is telling us and very often we think we don't know the answer to something but we do there is nobody who knows you better than yourself as simple as it sounds my first bit of advice would be pay attention sometimes paying attention is about just having some time to listen and that will look different for everybody for you it might be going out for a walk and maybe just being with nature for as little as 10 20 minutes will be enough for you to just have some time to be with your thoughts to be with that intuition for others it's about getting the heart pumping and when I go back again to that period in my life in 2018, 19, I couldn't run to the post box. And that's no word of a lie. I used to get a stitch when I ran at the post box at the end of the street. Six months later, I was doing my first half marathon for Cancer UK. So that became my way of being with myself, processing the thoughts in my mind getting my heart pumping to change my state, to change my physiology, which totally changed my emotions and therefore my actions and my decisions were different. So for some, it might be that. Journaling. When I've been in my biggest struggles or my most indecisive places, <laughs> journaling has been fantastic. Pen to paper, I found to be the most powerful. And the gift of journaling often brings with it your mind is slowing down you have no choice with a pen and paper to process your thoughts at a much slower pace and you catch yourself in terms of what you're thinking and you can read back on paper so i've got stacks of journals i've got one in the drawer next to me that you know, I ask myself questions. Sometimes I don't know the answer, but I might revisit it three, five, seven days later. And it's interesting how your ability to answer the question starts to change. The other thing I love about journals is you think you're not making progress or you don't think you're getting stronger. You look back and you think, I'm so hard on myself. Wow. That's incredible. Well, that's such great advice. And I can, do you know what made me laugh then about how you said it slows it down but i'm going to now i've tried it in the past and i have been time poor i'm frustrated that i can't write quick enough yeah. everything that you just said that's the beauty of it that's where the magic is what i'd say with journaling is you know there's been so many times i've lost momentum with it when i've put far too much pressure on myself so the pressure of i'm going to do this all the time make it okay to pick that journal up today and if you don't do that again for another two months, that's okay. You're doing it to grow. So lose the judgment you have of yourself when you're doing it. Um, but equally, if you treat it a little bit like a light touch diary, you might go to it more often. So just see, you know, it has the ability to serve you when you need it most. My final top tip, Zoe, just on this is music. Music has the ability to transport you back to really happy times in your life. It has the ability in one song to change your state. And when I say change your state, when you change your body and you get movement into it, 
air in the airwaves or you physically change your posture that then has the ability to change your emotion the decisions you make today are based on how you're feeling today so the stronger you feel through your state and your physiology as i say music being one of the quickest solutions to this the better your decisions and your experience each day are going to be that is fascinating is it kind of like are we saying put on your favorite song and dance in the kitchen like no one's watching or is it deeper than that it's no deeper than that if that's what works for you it could be your favorite song while you're making your cup of tea in the morning and you just get your tapping your heels together you know it just puts a smile on your face i'm gonna yeah, do that. strong if you can take some action no matter how small it is take advantage of being in that place you know send that message do that thing you've been putting off do that quick job that needs doing while you're in that strong place that starts to mount up yeah that's great like taking action love it so final question just i know we've gone we've gone way over but you know what one piece of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself so much i actually wrote a blog with a letter to my younger self about oh, it. i'll put that in the show notes trust yourself you know there's so many times in my life where i've looked left i've looked right I thought I'm not enough. I thought I needed more qualifications. I thought I was the only woman maybe in a team of men in a senior leadership team. I thought maybe I needed to wear bigger heels to give myself more presence. Didn't need any of that. I just needed to trust myself and be myself. Someone messaged on the Jobs for Women Instagram. I posted a story and it was something along those lines of like listening to yourself and she said um hers was turning down a job when she knew that the salary wasn't what she was worth mm -hmm. and like being really comfortable with that decision and i just loved it and sharing it with me that's a nice point to end on because that's her really listening knowing what her value is and listening to that intuition to say no it takes confidence especially in the current climate you know when everything's changing and a job is important great advice i'm going to put out all a link to your website and the blog in the show notes if people want to reach out to you directly where is the best place to find you the best place to find me is through my website you can message straight in that will hit my inbox and i can come back to you within 24 hours linkedin for professional ladies let's connect on there i've got a free community you're very welcome to come into there and I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, but um, they're work in progress. New mums can relate to this. Um, I'm a big believer in one thing at a time and doing it really well. LinkedIn is where I'm most active, soon to be a lot more active on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. 